Last Friday, uh, our intern, Dan Robertson, told me that hospitals periodically have to replace Bibles in their patient rooms and chapels, and the reason is the 23rd Psalm. The rest of the Bible might be almost like new, basically untouched, but the page on which Psalm 23 is printed is so worn out, they have to replace the whole Bible. I looked it up, and it's true. Sometimes the page is even missing. Patients or people who love the patient tear it out and keep it so it'll be handy when they need it. Why does this psalm speak to us? Why do its words go down to the deepest places in our hearts? Why does such ancient poetry continue to sing God's presence to us? Familiarity, certainly, But consider this intriguing fact. In the original Hebrew of Psalm 23, there are exactly 26 words before and after the phrase, Thou art with me. Thou art with me. You are with me. Is at the very center of the psalm. God is with us. We are not left on our own. The Lord is our shepherd who loves us before we can love God back, who cares for us, and who gives us this world which has all we need. The Lord is not a shepherd, however, who makes all the bad and scary parts of life go away. Although we're attracted to those images of the still water and the green pastures, the overflowing cup, this psalm doesn't say that's all there is to life. This is a psalm that says, yes, there are dark valleys and enemies. It's a psalm that says we can get lost, and sometimes we do get lost. The psalm doesn't say there is no evil or that evil never touches our lives. The psalm says that in the shepherd's care, we will fear no evil. On Mother's Day, we might compare God's love to a mother's love, or a father's, for that matter. Ideally, mother or father love, like God's love, provides maximum support and minimum protection. Small children need more protection, of course, but as we grow, what we really need are guidance, acceptance, and presence. William Sloan Coffin writes, Protection makes cowards of everyone, which is probably why God provides so little of it. The father of the prodigal son could have protected his son, kept him at home, kept him from getting into trouble in the first place, but he couldn't force his son to love him. Without freedom, there is no real love. I know people who would say, you know, this is just not enough. Why should I believe in or want anything to do with a God who doesn't protect me and my loved ones from bad things ever happening? What good does it do me that God is with me? Last week, the president went to Arkansas to visit folks whose lives have been turned upside down by tornadoes that ripped through their communities the last couple of weeks. President Obama visited Daniel Smith, whose house is barely standing. He walked up to Smith and his two sons, Gabriel and Garrison. It's good to see you guys, the president said. Man, it's wonderful to see you, sir, 
Smith replied. Smith shook the president's hand, and the president gave his two sons small boxes of White House M&Ms. Smith didn't vote for Obama. In 2012, the president lost Arkansas by more than 20 percentage points, but some things transcend politics. Smith said he's glad that the president came to his cul-de-sac. It makes you feel like he's in it with you. You know, it's the support, he said. A woman whose adult son was killed in the same storm was asked, what in the world the President of the United States could say when condolences can't fix what's broken? The woman said, he owned it. There was nothing he could say to comfort other than to let us know that a nation was grieving with us. He's in it with you. A nation is grieving with us. It does make a difference. I've heard from many of you that you can't imagine facing whatever it is you've faced, surgery, cancer, death of a spouse, teenage son or daughter in trouble, without the presence and support of the church. It does make a difference to know we aren't facing things alone. But how do you cultivate that sense that thou art with me, that God is with us? Someone said to me a while back, you know, I pick up the receiver to talk to God, but there's just no one on the other end of the line. That is not an uncommon experience. A couple of thoughts on this. It isn't flattering to be compared to sheep, but there's a reason that the psalm uses this metaphor. Sheep get lost. Sheep get lost because they don't pay much attention to anything except eating. And if there isn't a shepherd watching out, the sheep nibbles its way lost. It nibbles a little bit of grass here, wanders over there for some more, sees a patch just past that rock, and before you know it, the sheep is lost or has fallen into a ravine or been devoured by a wolf. So even though we don't like to think of ourselves as being like sheep, this Wandering off the path thing and ending up in trouble has a very human ring to it, doesn't it? It's so easy to lose our way. And we humans tend to get lost with so much more enthusiasm than sheep. (laughs) The late psychologist Rollo May wrote, Humans are the strangest of all of God's creatures because they run fastest when they have lost their way. People like sheep need help staying on the path. People need guidance. We need guidance in practicing the presence of God, which makes it ever so much easier to stay on God's path. One of my colleagues in the presbytery says, from one Easter to the next, it's all about practices. The 23rd Psalm offers the same promises we hear throughout Scripture, rest, restoration, and peace, even and especially in the midst of danger and death. But, writes Susan Andrews, such blessed assurance comes with a price. We come to trust a dependable God only when we embrace a dependable discipline. In the Acts passage we heard this morning, 
we learn that after the grieving disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, the church grew through devotion and discipline. Day by day, the new converts spent time together in the temple. Day by day, they broke bread at home and ate with glad and generous hearts. Day by day, they praised God, sold their possessions, and distributed the proceeds according to need. And day by day, God added to their number and added abundantly to their already abundant life. Because of the way they so freely shared what they had, they probably had a very different way of thinking about the second line of verse 1 of today's psalm, I shall not want. But all of the practices of the early church generally helped them to grow in trust, to grow in the trust that, God, that Psalm 23 describes. The psalm itself gives a clue to how we might practice the presence of God. For the first three verses of the psalm, God is spoken of in the third person. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He restores my soul. But then with the thou, in thou art with me, the third person shifts to the second person. For thou art with me, thy rod, thou preparest a table. Instead of talking about God, the psalmist begins to talk to God. Instead of God in the head, God is a friend in the heart. A conversation happens, a relationship grows. So the 23rd Psalm tells us that God is with us and then shows us how to practice that by being in conversation with God. But Psalm 23's most stunning impact occurs when we say it, when we imagine ourselves as the one praying the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Thou art with me. Like the hymns we talked about last Sunday, over a lifetime of praying, the Lord is my shepherd. Thou art with me. The 23rd Psalm shapes us. It shapes our trust. It works its way into our very bones. Susan Andrews tells a story about serving as a chaplain's intern at a psychiatric hospital in Washington, D.C. She was assigned to the cancer ward where certain death added an extra layer to human despair. One day she entered an isolation unit to find a wretched shell of a human being legs and arms chewed up by gangrene, sweat pouring out of a shaking, stinking body. Dear God, she thought, what can I possibly say to this man? She writes, the answer came intuitively. The words of the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm suddenly welled up within me as the familiar cadence filled the putrid room, the creature before me, changed. He stopped shaking. He looked into my eyes and began to speak the words of the 23rd Psalm with me. In that moment, he traveled back home, back into the rooms of a long-lost faith. When this child of the covenant died an hour later, he had been welcomed by a loving God who had never left him. In life and in death, thou art with me. God is with us. 
in life and in death, the Lord is our shepherd. Thanks be to God for God's presence with us in life and in death, spoken so powerfully in the 23rd Psalm, this touchstone of our faith. Amen.